James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus and said, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. And it's easy to imagine Jesus stunned and thinking, Oh no, not this. We'll never know what those two intended by that request, whether, for instance, in heaven they wanted to lord it over everybody else, but that does seem a plausible inference from what they said. And, of course, that's how the other disciples took it. The Bible reports their annoyance with these two. There's something about the morbid pursuit of self-aggrandizement or only the appearance of it that some of us at least don't find very pretty. Reading today's gospel prompts the memory of the day in the 1960s when our country's principal organizer of the poor, a man named Saul Alinsky, came to the seminary in Cambridge, Mass., where Chris and I went. Alinsky told my class, there is only one question for you, and upon its answer will depend your integrity as a priest of God. Do you want to be bishop? He had nothing against particular bishops, and certainly none of us did that I know of. And I admire and feel indebted to some exemplary bishops, admirable women and men. Alinsky's point, though, was, of course, that anyone desiring to lord it over other people was at major risk of simply not getting what Christianity is basically about. Upon occasion, it seems possible to spot people of any age and line of work who have been, let's say, running for bishop since middle school. (laughs) If not bishop, then CEO or chief boss Kahuna, F.A., whatever, not unlike James and John. And this, in turn, brings to mind the remark years ago of an exemplary priest in the Los Angeles diocese. I asked him why he was not going to vote for a particular bishop candidate because he wants it too much. In principle, if not always in practice, the church has recognized the danger of empowering those who have personal needs for power. And you can see the church's wise anticipation of this and defense against it in one of the titles given to the office of Pope, Servant of the Servants of God. And as nearly as I can tell, the current Pope means to be a servant and to call the church 
to its role as the same. A dated term, by the way, for the Jameses and Johns of today's gospel account is front runners. Why shouldn't the church have front runners in it since it is but a human institution in human communities everywhere that include front runners? But just for this reason, Jesus tries to reorient all dozen disciples to what is basic about Christian ministry, their service, and by extension, our service in his spirit. <clears throat> you know, said Jesus, that among the, disciple, the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lorded over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them, but it is not so among you. And finally, the punchline, whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be a slave of all. For the Son of Man, referring to himself, came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Some theologians call this the Christian transvaluation of values. The greatest are the least, and the least are the greatest, from a God's eye point of view. Many Latin American theologians today drive home this insight by the assertion that the divine possesses a so-called preferential option for the poor, the oppressed, the sick, the dying, the dead. These are they with no standing in the world, whose only hope of standing is in the mercy and faithfulness of God. I'd like to conclude these remarks with images of some who may, figuratively speaking, be sitting now at Jesus' right and left hands. These images in my mind were planted there by what I have actually seen. The first is, in Malawi during the cholera season, a government tertiary care hospital places four people at each bed, two on top of it, head to toe, and two on the floor under it. There are no front runners in sight, but from a Christian perspective, and not to be glib, I hope, Jesus is there. Image two. Would you believe that when the British colonizers took control of this land now called Malawi, they named a major hospital that serves only the poorest of the poor, Bottom Hospital. Outside the psychiatric building at Bottom, you can see 
lots of young orphans. What are they doing there? Their only living relatives are locked inside. James and John said, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. At Bottom Hospital, what could that have to do with anything? The final image, I knew a young man in his early 30s years ago. I think of him frequently. He was extremely soft-spoken, as many Africans are. His young wife died of AIDS two years before I met him, and he cared for her up to the end, witnessing, he said, her terrible death. Imagine the pain of knowing that he had likely passed the lethal virus to her, his beloved. And he was now dangerously ill, himself dying of AIDS-related illnesses. He was left with two children, 10 and 2 years old. In his soft voice, he asked me, After I die, what will happen to my children? Who will care for them? Who will they become? No front running here. He rests on the power and the promise of God, as is said in that country. God who cares for the least, the lowliest, the lost, and asks us to do the same, animated by the spirit of the Galilean. The end of it is that being a person of recognized stature in the world, while summoning our respect and sometimes our appreciation, simply does not catch Jesus's eye. His eye is on the sparrow, a creature of no great earthly worth. And I know he watches me as gospel singer Ethel Waters told it. That the few images I have tried to share with you and countless others that I could tell of occur a world away does not weaken their potential to enlighten us concerning what Jesus in today's gospel wants us to know and do. Whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for billions of people everywhere.